0: This is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon
1: Damer. Another week without my partner Gordon Damer, but we'll talk about a big Yankee win, the Mets on the West Coast, and the Twitter poll is back. Chilling with you at one 800 919 3776 Also via Twitter at Hardish ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7FM. Along with Brian the Brain and Jake the Snake. We're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie Fitzsimmons on 987 ESPN. Boy, I'm telling you, this is an, this was a nail brighter. This was one of those games where you just you you. If you're a Yankee fan, right, you had that feeling like. There's so many places where this one was going to be blown. Like at the end with Chad Green because he's been struggling. And as Brian DeBrain said to me before we hit the air, boy, yes, thank you for reminding me all the mistakes he made over the past couple weeks. (laughs) So he's not really the closer. Zach Britton says, give me no mas. I'm not the closer. And can I be honest with you? I'm kind of torn about that. Oh, I forgot to say. Let's go to work. I'm kind of torn about Zach Britton because on the one hand, I think, and Yankee fans, you can weigh in at 1-800-919-3776. On the one hand, I applaud him for being honest, right? I applaud him for saying, hey, listen, I'm the guy right now that's screwing things up. Wherever it is, I need to work through some things. I'm not right. Don't put me in that situation for the good of the team. Don't do it. I'm not at my best right now so on the one hand I applaud that we always talk about when when managers go to the mound right are you can you get this guy out yes and then four four runs later <laughs> you're like why did he lie to me on the other side though aren't we used to athletes not being honest in a sense aren't we used to rewarding them for their competitive edge? Yeah, he didn't have it, but he had the guts to go in there and fight his way through and make that big save. That's what we normally hear, right? That's that's what we're used to when we're talking with athletes. I don't care what the sport is. We reward players for playing hurt. We, we're happy for guys to say, well, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't my best, but you know, I'm going in there because the team needs me. So when I first heard it, I was more on the side of the ladder that I just mentioned. Like, why would you just get out of that? Why would you say that you're not, you, you can't do it? Why, why wouldn't you let Boone make that decision? I mean, after all, that's his job <laughs> to say, okay, no, this is how you've looked the past couple of weeks. Now we're, we're going in a different direction, but I've come around after thinking about it. Listen, the Yankees are in the spot where they need every single win. Right. And so because of that, if he's a guy who's telling you that I really can't do it, don't put me in those situations, then you know what? You got to respect him. You respect him as a man. You respect him as an athlete. You respect him for him thinking of this as being for the good of the team and saying, you know what? I'm hurting the team right now. I'm not the guy that should be in. So I give him credit. I'm sure. Aaron Boone said, well, could you have told me that before I put you in the Field of Dreams game? (laughs) But nevertheless, the Yankees move on. They have a big win tonight, close one, against the Los Angeles Angels. And, of course, this is a makeup of a rainout. They had some time back. But now what's interesting is the fact that now they've got that doubleheader tomorrow with the Red Sox of Boston. When last we left these two teams, oh, the Red Sox were rolling. They were just rolling. They just tore up the Yankees. And we were we were taking calls on this very show asking, who is Kriske and why did Boone bring him in to throw four wild pitches? Since then, there's been a big-time turn of events. Big time. The Yankees caught fire, and the Red Sox kind of struggled and came back to the pack a little bit. So going into the game tonight, Yankees had won seven of their last ten, Red Sox five and five over their last ten, and they went through a stretch where they lost eight of ten. So they have come back to the pack. They have a two-game lead at the start of play tonight, two-game lead over the Yankees, one in the loss column. One in the loss column, and Boston has played more games. So this doubleheader is going to be very interesting tomorrow. And you could argue that, uh, wow, why are we playing the Angels today when we should be thinking about Boston tomorrow, right? And so uh, you put that out of your mind because the Yankees did their job tonight. Wasn't easy. Another nail-biter. That's what they do. Nathan Evaldi and uh, Lewis Hill tomorrow in the first game, and Jordan Montgomery will tow the rubber for Boston in the uh, – Jordan Montgomery will tow the rubber for the Yankees in the nightcap. Not sure who Boston will put out there. Also, as we speak, Mets and Giants, top of the second, there's no score. I don't have to remind Mets fans about this weekend against the Dodgers, but I have to. And if there's not enough pressure to try to get back on the winning track after being swept from L.A., oh, by the way, Atlanta is now up 12-2 over Miami after seven, 12-2. So it's safe to say that they're probably going to win that game unless Miami comes back with a, a big-time comeback over the next couple of innings to do that. Which means the Mets are going to be moving, possibly, unless they win this game, they'll be in a situation where they're going to be further out from Atlanta. And we had talked a lot about Atlanta being that team, right? We talked a lot about Atlanta once they get their some folks right and they get the, their injuries right, they were still going to be a team that you have to be concerned about. And and just because they lost to Kuna Jr., they went out, they made some deals. Jacques Peterson was one. They added the bat. They added a couple of other pieces. Uh, Travis Darno is back. And so they're making the move. Won eight of their last 10, three in a row, well on their way to making it four in a row. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that turns out as well. And we haven't done it in a while. So let's do it. Let's have our uh, poll question on Twitter at hardest ESPN at ESPN, then 98 underscore seven FM. You can also weigh in via phone at 1-800-919-3776. Here's your poll question. If you were Aaron Boone, who would you use in save situations? Who would you use in save situations? Would it be Chad Green, like tonight? Would it be Zach Bratton? Would it be Araldus Chapman? Or would it be Mr. Luizaga? Who will it be? If you were Aaron Boone, who would you use in save situations? Luizaga, Chapman, Britton, or Green? You can weigh in on Twitter at one 800 or at 1-800-919-3776. We'll come back. We'll take your phone calls on that. Plus, as a Mets fan, while I was happy to see Don Lagreca come back to the Michael K show off vacation along with Dan Grousset this afternoon, what he said, very painful. I'll explain next on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> It's ESPN New York Tonight here on 98.7 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Our poll question tonight. If you were Aaron Boone, who would you use in save situations? Would it be Britton, Chapman, Lewisica, or Green? I'll give you the early numbers in a minute, but uh, let's go to the phones. Case is in Sayerville. Hey, Case, you're up first on ESPN New York Tonight. Hey, how's it going? Um, Good. I'm just. Uh, I feel like Chapman
2: has to be the definite start. I mean, a uh, closer for this team because um, he has the most experience at everything, and I feel like every year he just goes through a little, little rough patch, and then he writes it, lights the ship right along the playoff time. So, and then uh, like Chad Green, he's been very shoddy lately, and uh, I think he would go Chapman, and then maybe second go the Weisinger and then maybe Green.
3: Mm-hmm. So Britton, you're done with you Britain,
1: right?
2: I'm done. You... <laughs> I'm done with, with Britain. I have now, to change the channel every time he comes on because he gives me a heart attack.
1: <laughs> now, Casey, were you done with Britain before he said he didn't want to be the closer? And how'd you feel about that?
2: Oh, I was done with him long before that. I'm, I'm glad he said he doesn't want to be the closer. At least he's helping the
1: team in that way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Casey. Thanks for the phone call. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Now, you guys know that I have a strong affection for Don LeGrecker. He's one of my – I get along with everybody great on the station. But Don and I have a personal bond. We do. I've known Don the longest at the station. I've known Michael K. longer than Don. But Don and I, because of, you know, different things we've done together at the station and we've, we've, you know, hosted several events where we've been on the air, done remotes at various, you know, big events like, uh, you know, Nets championship games when they were battling, you know, for the NBA finals and devils and so on and so forth. Don and I have had a number of great times. So I was very happy to see him on the air. And I know that Don is a passionate Met fan. As a matter of fact, Don, as a Met fan, is probably more a slight more, slightly more centered than I am. I'm more of a, a come on, what's going on? What's this? What's that? You know, I'm 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 the guy that's waiting for the other axe to fall. That's me. Don's more even killed in that sense. So after the Mets get swept by the Dodgers, they lose the first two games in extra innings, where in one in the first game, they were down four nothing, fight back only to lose in ten. In the in the second game, they were up one nothing. Tyron Walker's pitching a gem, but they don't add any runs. Hey, so what else is new offensively with this team? They end up tying the game, Dodgers do, and end up winning it in extra innings. And then yesterday, 14 4, I mean, Carrasco was pitching batting practice. So I was curious to see how Don was going to weigh in and kind of review where the Mets have where the Mets are. And where the Mets have been. And what he said, I wasn't happy to hear. You've got a certain segment of the Met population that's
0: telling you, wait a minute, you're only two and a half games out. We can find a way to stay in this. But then there's the part of
1: me watching this team that they're just not good enough. Now, they show spunk, but you just know by watching they're not good enough. So, yeah, two and a half games out tells you they're still alive, but you're in third place. The Braves now have had the best two weeks of any team in baseball since August 3rd. They're not winning this division. They went from being a team that this was their division to lose. Four games up, survived all the injuries. Now they get most of the guys back with the exceptional Lindor and DeGrom, and I just think they're done. They're done. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that you can't root for them. Of course, that doesn't mean that something could change and they could catch fire and turn things around. But, but I don't think they're done yet. Now, talk to me again after, this, after these, this gauntlet of Dodgers and Giants are over and then let me see where they are. I mean, he might be right. They may be done. They may be. And the start against the Dodgers didn't give you any, you know, didn't give you any encouragement to think that, hey, guess what? Maybe they can make a run here. Maybe even if they had taken one of those first two, and even though you lose the series, but as a Mets fan, you take you take solace in the fact that, as he said, they were spunky. They played with this team. They were able to play with this Dodgers team. Even though the pitching has been, eh, you haven't had your ace. And listen, look at what Garrett Cole did for the Yankees tonight. And he, did, he was coming back off COVID, so you know he wasn't 100%. But he goes out, he gives you length, he only gave up one run, And he set the tone. And so all you had to do was match up the remaining innings. But it's something, and I said this yesterday, it's something about when you have your ace on the mound, there's a different feeling with the players on the field. You feel like we can win this. We got our guy out there. This is our best pitcher. Okay, we can win this. And so without DeGrom, the Mets haven't had that. I mean, Taylor McGill's been nice. He's been kind of like the ace because he's been the guy that's given you some length, kept you in games. And listen, we had questions about this bullpen, and this bullpen has had, a, had to work a lot because they're getting no the length. I mean, they've had to work a lot. So, and I'm watching Rich Hill tonight, and he didn't give you length his last outing. And obviously, as a former Dodger, he's got history with the Giants. So, you know, he's had some success. So you feel encouraged about the fact that he can keep you in this game. But the biggest question, which is why Don thinks they're done, and which is why I'm about to join him, but I want to wait a little bit, but I'm about to join him, is because this offense hasn't, hasn't shown you that they can do anything consistently. This offense has been bad all year. And it's been awful the past couple weeks. And so even when you get a decent outing from a starter, it's not good enough because they're pitching with no margin for error. So yeah, I get what he's saying about them being done. He might be right. And if that is the case, you know what? Do me a favor. If this team just gets blown up by Dodgers and Giants at the end of this, at the end of these 10, 13 games, do me a favor. Shut the Grom down. I'll see him in 2022. I don't want to see him anymore this year. Shut him down. I'll see him later. I know Lindor wants to come back but doesn't want to go through a minor league rehab. Why not? It's only a couple games. Let's be sure that you're ready to come back. I just, I, I'm just really frustrated with this team right now. I just am. Once again, they've been in games. They've shown you that grittiness. We've seen that from them time and time again. We know they can perform. We know they don't give up. We saw that even against the Dodgers, in the, as I mentioned earlier, with the four run after being down for nothing and sleepwalking on the same day that Javi Baez is on the I.L., at the same day that DeGrom is not coming back, any, he's not pitching any time. Maybe you'll see him in the middle of September. Maybe. And they still, and they were sleepwalking through the first part of that game, but somehow woke up and tied the game. You saw the emotion from uh, Pete Alonso when he scored that tying run, and then to have that game snatched from you in extra innings on the in, the, in a game where you actually scored some runs—it was just horrible. It's horrible. It's been really frustrating watching this Met team, and once again. I'm not concerned about the Phillies. Give the Phillies credit, they've played well. And they made some adjustments to their bullpen. I don't know if Ian Kennedy's going to be enough, but at least it's 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 a better bullpen. It's not a very deep bullpen, but at least it's a better bullpen than what they had. But it's Atlanta. It's always Atlanta <laughs> in this division for the Mets. It's always Atlanta. Charlie's in Elmhurst. Hey, Charlie, you're next on 98.7 ESPN.
4: Hey, Larry, how you doing?
1: All right, Charlie, what's up?
4: Boy, I can't stand this Yankee team. This team continues to play close games. I want to blow out. Can you give me one game? I mean, then I cannot tell you. I can't stand this team. I mean, in terms of playing, continue to play close games. Uh, this Angel team pitching is awful, awful pitching. And continue to that button. Still, they got the win, so I mean, you, I mean hopefully they got a ball or two. Uh,
1: Charlie, they're winning games. They're winning games. Yeah. That's what you I mean, want. Got a, yeah, but
4: gotta make us fan relax. I'm like
1: a couple of years, ten years of my life. But in terms of like <laughs>
4: uh uh with the rest of the stuff with the team, uh but it was I mean, Cole was uh good, good, good good nice to see Matt Cole because uh, you need you need you need that. I mean, the number one pitcher. I know Kyle's been filling in, but eventually you need to get get that guy back. I mean, Cole getting back looks and uh, looks good. Didn't look miss a beat. Nice. You got to get him going. And another thing is like you need to get back is Anthony Rizzo.
1: Mm-hmm, boy, can I cannot stand that bomb at first base and that boy bum. He mean, won you some games, uh, Larry. He won you some Larry. games, Charlie. Uh, yesterday. You games. Oh, no, 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 no,
4: no. I don't give any slack to that dude because I'm done with that dude. Uh, two more double plays. Uh, basically, n- I mean, nothing. I mean, as soon as Stan, Stan struck out, I do that double play coming. And I, I already talked to Jake and Brian also saw that coming as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't stand it. You need balance in the lineup. Once Rizzo comes back, he can't go back. He He needs to be pulled back to the bench. Bench.
1: Listen, Charlie, now, listen, now, and thanks for the phone call, now that you've got Giancarlo Stanton not only playing left field but right field, oh, you can DH Luke Voigt. Oh, you can DH Luke. You can DH him, Charlie. And listen, I understand your frustration. I hear you. I do. I hear it. But here's the thing. As angry as you are with these close games, you're winning them. How much angrier would you be if you were losing these close games like you were earlier? How angry would you be? You'd be furious, Charlie, furious. DSP in New York tonight, here on 98.7 ESPN. Taking your calls at 1-800-919-3776. And we want you to weigh in via Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM. Our poll question tonight. If you were Aaron Boone, who would you use in save situations? Would it be Green, Britton Chapman, or Lewisicka? All right. So far we've had uh it's interesting. It's interesting what we've heard. Here is uh smart New York Yankees fan says Chapman had a rough stretch due to a broken fingernail. He's been very reliable while fully healthy. Still been fully reliable while healthy. Uh also we heard from uh at Bosco Brew who says he wants Abreu, who had a nice inning tonight, to be the uh the person that Aaron Boone goes to in a save situation. I tell you one before I get to the poll, I tell you one person that uh you might see again in a save situation. How about Jolie Rodriguez? How about coming on to strike out Otani? The lefty. Brought him in. Hey, guess what? Get this guy out. Get this guy who who's who's already tied the record in Halo's history for most home runs by a lefty. Thank you, Michael K during the broadcast with Reggie Jackson go get this guy out. Get him. Oh, nice job. All right, here, here we go. If you were Aaron Boone, who would you use in save situations? 3% of you say Zach Britton and he didn't help. (laughs) He kind of disqualified himself, right? Nine and a half percent of you say Chad Green. Come on. You did a good job tonight. 31.6% of you say Chapman. And just under 56% say Loisega. Ooh. You still have time to weigh in. That hardest is the ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Also, via the phone, at one eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. 919 3776 That's where we find Bruce from Flushing on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Bruce.
5: Hey, Larry. How are you doing tonight? Great. Um, before I, I – I want to answer your poll, but I want to talk about three under-the-radar guys who, if the Yankees do make the playoffs, um, you're going to have to remember their name. Brett Gardner. First is – Excuse me? Brett Gardner. No.
1: (laughs) All right, go ahead, Bruce.
5: (laughs) Um, First is Odor. Mm. He's played most of the year. I know he swings wildly, and every so often he'll make an error, but he filled a, a hole when the Yankees were injured. He's got 14 home runs. He's got a lot of clutch hits, and he's even made some decent plays in the field. And without Odor... I don't know what the Yankees would be right now. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, that's one. Who else you got?
5: Second, second guy, Davis. I know he can't hit a lick, but in the last couple of weeks that they got him, he saves three games with his glove. Well, mm-hmm. without him, we we would have probably lost three games already. Mm-hmm. And um, tonight, excuse me,
1: including the great catch tonight.
5: Yes, he did. And he won in Chicago, too. Mm -hmm. And I think we're seeing the um, repeat of history, possibly. The the candidate to be Mel Stathamire in this year's campaign is Heal. I'm I'm a little bit concerned about tomorrow because he's got a couple extra days, so I don't know how he's going to throw his timing off. But I think this kid's going to be dominant down the stretch. And if he's going to give you games like he gave you the last two games, that's going to fill a hole. And um, us older folks, remember Mel Salamaya. I'm not down in that year, but um, the younger folks will might look at history and see what Salamaya did for that. It was, it was, 60, it was 64 Yankees. Mm-hmm. And finally on the poll, yes. I you know, my immediate reaction was, well, obviously it's going to be we're wiser, because he's the best pitcher right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I was holding uh, the phone for you, I kept thinking he may have a, a, um, a better position. Remember when we had Rivera and Wetland?
3: Mm-hmm. Rivera
5: came in, mowed them down for two innings, and then we, we we'd have to sweat with Wetland.
3: <laughs> yeah. But... <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. You're right about that.
5: And, and the same thing, you know, is happening now. With Cap- now, Chapman, when he's right, will get to save. He may make a sweat a little bit, and may give up for an occasional home run or whatever. But for the most part, if he's healthy, he'll do his job. But I think Weisiger may be more important to, to, for those two innings to plug plug in whenever you need him. Like Tori did with Rivera.
1: When is get your opinion on that? Um, it is interesting, Bruce. Uh, I, I do think that, and thanks for the phone call, I do think that uh, what Lewisick has been able to do is to show that he has matured and has more confidence in what he's able to bring to the table. He's been a guy who uh, has had a lot of potential but has – not been consistent. Okay. So you see what he's able to do now. You're, you know, you like what you see if you're a Yankee fan. I, and I hear what you're saying. You could go back, but you know what? The game has changed since then, <laughs> Bruce. He's not going to pitch two innings. <laughs> he's not going to pitch two innings. He's only going to pitch an inning, Bruce. I'm sorry. I don't care if he throws six pitches, he's only going to pitch one inning. That's all it is. That's it. That's it. All one inning. So, while I understand what you're saying and he's got that kind of stuff that he would be able to do that, um I like I I think I'd like him for one inning. I do. And I could see him in your uh in your eighth inning guy. Uh I agree with what you're saying about Chapman. The only problem that you have with Chapman is you know what? And and it's sad because he does He's been really good during the regular season, but the postseason—I mean, two years in a row—he's left on the—he's left the mound, walking off after giving up a big-time home run. That's a game loser, you know. So, but I do—I do like Chapman, but I'm just wondering, you know, how long it's going to be, while he, for him to continue to be like this. I still think that year with the Cubs has taken some time, some taken, you know, some stuff off his, off his pitches. I do. I really do. Only time will tell of course, but uh, I think that's, that's a major concern with him and how he's been, but to look at this Yankee bullpen right now, and they've got some other folks in there, this kid, you know, they've got some other folks who have done well, who have shown you some things Have shown that they can possibly be, you know, other guys that you can use, which means you have some depth in your bullpen. And that's important. That's important. But it is, uh, it's interesting what Bruce had to say. It really is. one 800 919 3776 Also via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPNNY 98 underscore 7FM. Our poll question tonight. If you were Aaron Boone, who would you use in save situations? Green, Britton Chapman, or Lewizica? Uh I'm not gonna tell you who I would use yet. I'm gonna wait and hear what uh you know you folks have to say. I know you notice that uh, we didn't put uh, Brooks Krisky on there. <laughs> but once again Here's the bottom line for me, looking at the Yankees, and we'll continue to take your calls. What the Yankees did, even though they lost the Field of Dreams game, and I said at the time, the following day, I wanted to see how this team would respond. Okay, and what they did was they bounced back, and they took the next two games from a very, very talented Chicago White Sox ball club, whom, for the next couple of days, uh, Yankee fans are going to be White Sox fans. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are. Like right now, you're ecstatic to see that the White Sox are leading Oakland 4-2 as they bat in the bottom of the seventh. You're very happy. Very 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 happy. Mets and Giants no score as the Mets come up to bat in the fourth. And of course, here's the other thing. We're keeping our eye on what's happening with uh Atlanta and they just wiped out Miami 12-2. So if the Mets have to win tonight to lose more to avoid losing more ground to the Atlanta Ball Club. When we return, we'll take more of your phone calls. Plus, we'll hear from the Yankee skipper, Aaron Boone. All that's next. You're listening to ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN. ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Sing it, Gladys. Okay, so I'm following Gladys Knight's line of using my imagination. I just, I just, I just imagine the Mets back in first place. I just imagine, I imagine that they all the just go on a hot streak, and the offense just starts to click. Maybe it's the return of Lindor. Maybe it's the return of Bias. I don't know what is going to be the catalyst, but maybe that will be. Maybe that will be what it does. And and I'll and I'll get a chance to see Jacob DeGrom this year. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's 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 using my imagination. That's that would be following what Gladys Knight was singing about. But reality says <laughs> that if this team doesn't wake up soon, it's it's gonna be over. And listen. They're trading zeros with San Francisco right now, which is not surprising because, once again, that's what they do. There were some stats about the Met offense that was just – it's its just – when they are an average hitting team, and I'm trying to I'm get the stats off, off the top of my head before I go, to, go back to the phones. I think it was something like 235 average, which is average team average hitting, right, which is – in the middle of the pack, I think it was like sixteenth. But when you start talking about runners in scoring position, oh the they plummet in the rankings. Like with a rock, like a rock has been tied to them. They just they just plummet. And it's really it's it's so frustrating. To see them squander opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. And here's the frustrating thing. Okay? Here's the frustrating thing. Who do you think, who do you see is going to be that person that gets hot? Okay? And you ride them for a week or so of games. All right, Alonzo was hot. You swept Washington because of Alonzo. He talked to Smack and he went out and did the job. He ro- he willed that team offensively to wins in that sweep against the Nats. And yeah, I get it's the Nats, I get it. But remember, this is the same team that lost, you know, lost the series to the Miami Marlins. So don't talk to me about, well, you could beat them because they're just horrible. Yeah, right. I know they are. But we had lost to some horrible teams. So I don't know who that person is. I mean, Conforto's hitting better. He's over 200, thank God. But still, it's not enough. You don't see anybody right now just – like, really hot. Like, really hot. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on 98.7 ESPN.
2: Hey, Uncle, what's going on? How you doing tonight, big bro?
1: I'm doing great, partner. What's happening?
2: Hey, listen, you know, two things. First, you know, I'm listening to my cousin, Brucey, and I feel the frustration. I do. I understand where he's coming from, a 1,000%. But um, what it really is, it's not about Britain. It's not about Lewisica. As the Yankees are personally constituted, you know, we're going to have to ride or die at some point with Chapman.
3: Mm-hmm. He's
2: either going to have to, you know, give us what we need or prove that he's somebody we're going to have to move on from. I mean, he is the closer. You yeah. can have people, you know, intermittently come in here and there and pick up a close, but you saw with Green, you saw, it's just not going to work out. Either he's going to reclaim close to what form he had during the regular season, which is really the problem, because like you discussed in the postseason, he's a different player. Mm-hmm. But he's going to have to, you know, he's going to he's gonna have to figure this out. I mean, we, this is what it is. This is the way the team is designed. I mean, this is why I was conflicted between, you know, the Gallo and the Rizzo moves. You know, they were good moves. But for me, that doesn't mean, you know, Cashman should still come back. But, you know, it is what it is. I I you know, it is what it is, man. I mean Chapman's gonna have to he's gonna have to do it or he's gonna have to not do it. That's just kinda where we are as a team. That's the way yeah. we're designed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But um you spoke about something last night and um and I and I thought about it a lot between yesterday and today. And it's that trade with the Clippers. hmm Listen, I mean, I, I gotta be honest with you, man. Did this, you know, I don't see that as a good trade for the Clippers. I mean, you know, Milwaukee moved on from him mm-hmm. for a reason. Yep, you understand what I'm saying? He they can't moved shoot
3: on from
1: him for a reason. <laughs> he can't shoot the jumper you know, you anymore. Know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's why <laughs> they, they moved on, on. From him
2: for a reason. <laughs> you know, I remember when Stephen A. first had his show, and he was talking about Quentin Richardson. Remember Quentin Richardson? Yeah, there?
1: sure, sure. He was
2: like, he's a volume shooter. Yep. What do you think this guy is? I mean, listen, in in the last seven years, do you remember him hitting a big shot in the fourth quarter from the perimeter? Nope. I I mean, you know who Bledsoe reminds me of? you know, And I think I've spoken to you about this before, but you know who he reminds me of a lot? Who? You remember when I was at Georgetown? Mm Mm-hmm. And he had that backcourt partner, Victor Page. (laughs) When you were in an up-and-down game, Yep. When it was a full court game, I mean, Victor Page would give you 30. light you up. When it became a half court game, things got tight. I need you to hit a wide open jumper or even a contested jumper. He couldn't give it to you. Nope. And I feel the same way about Bledsoe. I feel the same way. That's a bad move for the Clippers. It has to be about what you said. That that image of him with the noogie the or whatever he was trying mm-hmm. to do with Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. Had to <laughs> that, be. I think that he showed up Ty Lu, You understand what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I feel yeah.
2: like they showed up Ty Lu and they had to move on from him. And it's a shame. I wish that moment wouldn't have happened because guys like him, guys like Tony Allen, mm-hmm. these guys are more valuable in the That's playoffs right. than they are during the regular season. Absolutely. And I just, I mean, I, I, I don't, I, mean, I, I really don't see that. I don't see that working out at all, man. I mean, he's the worst thing that they need over there. Another fourth quarter disappearing that? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I, oh, I just boy. don't know what they were think. And here's the other thing, Boone, thanks for the phone call. It hurts you defensively, like you said. That's the other part of it. It hurts you defensively. You're looking at Patrick Beverly as a as a bulldog defensively. Wants to defend everybody. Doesn't care who it is. is. We'll, we'll, we'll defend LeBron put his put his put a bent forearm on the wrist of Kevin Durant looking up at him Patrick Beverly he don't care Patrick Beverly will defend anybody and you know he's there you're gonna know he's there and so not only are you losing offense you're losing some defense too So that's a major thing as well. And I don't think he, and I don't think Blitzo right now, and listen, maybe maybe he'll prove us wrong and he'll be shooting the lights out. But to be honest, I just don't think that, you know, Blitzo's going to score enough for you to say his defense is, you know, well, we understand his defense, but look what he's putting, look at the points he's putting on the board. I don't think that's going to happen. I just don't. And the other thing with Rondo Like I said, the other night, he was, you know, playoff Rondo and regular season Rondo, two different Rondos. Two different Rondos. I like playoff Rondo. (laughs) Playoff Rondo runs the floor well, hits big baskets, knows what to do, experienced. I get it. Regular season, Rondo, eh, not always great. But once again, in and he hardly played in the postseason. Did, did Rajon Rondo get meaningful minutes? Even when Kawhi Leonard was out, did he get meaningful minutes? Do you remember him? Is there any point where you say, wow, look at Rondo. He played. He gave them a spark in the postseason like he gave LeBron an AD with the Lakers. They only used him. He only got off the bench other than to cheer and slap hands when people were during timeouts. So clearly they had no use for him. So I, I'm not sure about that move. I'm really, really not sure about that move. But listen, maybe they know something we don't know, Buddha. Maybe they they figured it out and everything will work out all right for them. But I'm just saying this this is I really, I really don't I don't know what's happening. Yankee fans, uh, the Yankee PR department says following tonight's game, the Yankees return catcher Rob Brantley and right handed pitcher Stephen Ridings to Triple A Scranton Wilkes Bar. So Brantley leaving means that Sanchez is going to be activated, I would think, and will be ready to participate in the doubleheader tomorrow. Writings, um, I kind of liked him. I think they should keep they should keep keep him on a short leash. You need to bring him back. I know he had a rough outing a little bit. A couple of outings weren't the same, but he he's learned some stuff. He needs to go back down, work on some things, and come on back. <laughs>
0: This is ESPN New York tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer.
1: Hour number two, Monday night edition of the show. Gordon's still on vacation. He'll join us next week. one 800 919 3776 Also via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7FM. Giants on the board with a 1 0 lead over the Mets. Someone else is new. Our poll question tonight, if you were Aaron Boone, who would you use in a save situation? Green, Britain, Chapman, or Lawizaga? Right now, 54%. A little over 54% of you say you want Lawizaga. 32, Chapman. Green at nine, Britain at three. If you haven't voted, you've got a chance. Weigh in. At heart, the ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Talking more baseball with you, and then in about eight, 8, 10 minutes or so, we'll turn our attention to the Jets and the Giants. Yeah, they faced each other on Saturday night. Not exactly a barn burner. And as you guys know, because Jordan Renan told you, if you listen to me, filling in for Carlin, he said, No major starters. Okay? No major starters. So you had a couple of guys on defense that started and a couple of guys on offense that started, but not the people you really wanted to see. We'll discuss that. And uh, now that folks have seen the little video, what they have to say. Richardson, Manhattan. He's next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Richard.
0: Larry. Patrick Beverly, you know who he reminds me of? Do you remember the guy in the 70s? That defensive guy, Ron Lee. He was from either Oregon or Oregon State. Real tough defender.
1: Ron Reed. Did he play for Houston? Ron Lee. Lee. Ron
0: Lee. Oh, Ron That's Lee. Ron he, Lee. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I he was tough, heard.
0: boy. Yes. He And he's combative, just like Patrick Beverly. He'll fight for the team, too. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, that kind of grit doesn't come around too much, especially in this day and age in uh, NBA basketball.
1: That's for sure. Yeah.
0: Oh yes, yeah. I think you know. I think I think the Clippers did lose something with losing that guy. No question guy, about
1: really. it. No question about it. I he's a, he's so. an outstanding. I mean, the old days,
0: that, those kind of guys gave their whole, you know, they gave everything they could for the team. Whatever it was, that's what they gave. That guy Lee, and that that guy he Lee, he was he he played only because of his defense. Mm-hmm. He had very little offense, right. But he was a tough guy, boy. Whoa, he he was short, but he got right it, but right up on you and. Uh, he was a tough guy. I remember that guy. Boy, you don't see too many guys like that. That's pep no. Beverly. No. Uh, another yet great Yankee game today. Larry, like I told you last week, these games are so great. <laughs> By the time October comes, as long as they're playing baseball like this between now and October, I mean, I can't complain. I really get uh-huh. these are exciting. Games, You think every game is going down to the wire. Every game you're questioning, should this guy come out? Should this guy stay in a couple of more batters, a mm-hmm. couple of more pitches? It's, it's wonderful. I'm tell- I don't ever remember baseball being like this, this, you know, this point in the uh, season, you know, Larry, when you watch yeah. these games.
1: Well, and what adds to it, Richard, is the fact that you know the Yankees need all these games. Do They need to win as many of these games as possible. Every
0: game because they're fighting so many teams, which really makes it good. Larry, you know, my father was not a sports fan, but I remember, and I'm talking 40 years ago, 45 years ago, uh, when he was doing my taxes and he'd always say to me, you know, Taxes can be done easily. The government can make it be done easily. But because they need accountants and you need lawyers and controllers and bureaucrats to figure all these rules and regulations and numbers and all, that's why they make it so difficult. Well, Mm -hmm. I think personally that the sabermetrics and all this stuff with all this advanced stuff with baseball and they have all these guys in the management, upper management, up in the office, all figuring all these number games – I think it's all to create jobs for baseball, because really the manager can do all of this stuff by being on the field, knowing what pitchers pitching well enough to stay in, how many more pitches he has. But because you have all these guys, you know, that work for the baseball team, they have to do something. That's what they do: is crunch numbers, figure out the odds, figure out probabilities, figure out statistics, and <laughs> I think that's what it's all all about. So. Really, I think the manager can do all of this on his own if he had to, just by what his experience is. Who knows more baseball than Aaron Boone? I mean, the guy's grandfather grew up, was a baseball player. Yeah, his father was a baseball. Yeah. But I'm, I'm sure he's not making these decisions that we call up and argue about. But we have to argue about somebody making the decision. So yeah. he's the only guy we can see. But uh, true. That, true. You know, true. But, you know, the last two Yankee games, the pitchers came in, and they came in the middle of the inning mm-hmm. to get the saves. Today, yeah. no, not today. But Which means that at least he's open, uh, boom, that is, is open to not staying with the closer. You know, and whoever he thinks, if the closer isn't getting the job, then bring in the next guy. And that's yeah. what I'm all about. I think whoever's hot, whoever's pitching, well, leave him in. Larry, always a pleasure.
1: Hi, Richard. Thanks for the phone call. And to prove your point, I mean, managers, and I've said this before, Managers have always had numbers. Managers have always known, have always made little notes about what happens against certain guys and stuff like that. They've always done it. And then, yes, they balance the numbers with the feeling in their gut and what they see. They've always done it. So, yeah, sabermetrics, yeah, you get it. You understand that there's there's different ways to make uh, decisions and how you evaluate what's the best way to help your club win and whatnot, but, you know, numbers, they've always had them. They've all all—they've always had what works. Individual pitchers can tell you this is what works against hitters. They've always done it. They've always had numbers. Numbers, this is nothing new in baseball. What is new is that the numbers have all, what the numbers do is almost supersede what you see. That's what's been new that you look at the number and you're like, okay, I know that, but, okay. Yeah, but, or the numbers don't matter in the sense of, okay, my guys hit seven straight hits. It's got seven for seven his last two games. Yeah, but, you know, at the beginning of the season, we said we were giving him a day off today, so he's off today, even though we know he's hot. Whereas normally, even though you had that number, you would say, yeah, I know. But he's hot, I need him in the lineup. let me let me ride him until he cools off. then I'll give him a day off. So that's what I think has been the difference that the numbers have dictated what you do, regardless. It supersedes what you what you know about the game and it supersedes what you're seeing right before your eyes at that particular moment. And that's what drives people nuts. That's what's really scary about what you're seeing with sabermetrics and how it, you know, how it uh, affects the games and the decisions that managers make and how teams are built. All that. It's crazy.
0: This is ESPN New York Tonight
3: with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.